Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Hello and welcome to the Business Chef Podcast with me, Chef Sean Boucher. Thanks for joining us yet again, another week, another episode, another way to show you how to make food and make money. We've got a fun one, a really fun one today. Chef Jenny's here. She's talking a little bit about her past and what she's been able to do and things she's been able to accomplish. I'll tell you what, she is probably one of the most authentic people you will ever meet in your life. And we have a great opportunity to get to know her today. So without further ado, let's jump in and get to know a little bit about Chef Jenny. Well, Chef, I think that my career actually probably started when I was 10. I think that's when I first found my love for cooking. My mother had purchased a Winnie the Pooh cookbook from a garage sale and gave it to me. And every recipe in the cookbook obviously had honey in it so I made a chocolate honey pie at 10 years old for one of my teachers and I think the rest is history I um I know this is going to sound a little fucked up and I shouldn't out my dad but uh, my dad started after my parents divorced my dad started dating this woman and so he would be gone for the entire weekend and he would just give me like 40 bucks and say feed yourself (laughs) so I would spend twenty dollars of it on a uh, dub sack of marijuana and then I would spend the other 20 actually on food so um, right around 13 14 15 years old is when I started watching the Food Network and I would see recipes and then I would want to try them myself so That's really when I first started gourmet cooking and really finding an appreciation for fresh ingredients and cooking from scratch. Fast forward to age 20, I get pregnant, um, still don't have much of an education under my belt, but I did end up finishing my education after my daughter was born. I got a degree in graphic design and I worked as graphic designer for about eight years. I worked for various companies, Triple uh, A. I worked at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And then I did, did a lot of freelance work doing logos and branding and print material for events and small businesses, etc. 2010 hit. I got fired from my job at the Fashion Institute because um, I cussed out a custodian. (laughs) Um, And, you know, these things happen. It's very corporate. You know, people don't like to deal with things uh, between themselves. They like to go to upper management and deal with it that way. So, Um, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because that's when I was done with anything corporate besides corporate dining. And I was... I was ready to work with my hands again. I I hated getting carpal tunnel. I hated sitting all day. I hated um, just the, I didn't hate the students, but you know, they're fit them. They're fashion students. For anyone in the audience, if you've ever seen the Hills, let's just say Lauren Conrad used to come in and not do any work. Anyhow, um, couldn't find a job in graphic design. The economy was terrible, so I started cooking raw food out of my home, 
And then from there, I started, I partnered up with a woman who had a commercial kitchen. It was actually a kitchen incubator for small businesses in the MacArthur Park area of Los Angeles. Shout out to Mama of Mama's Tamales on uh, 7th Street. Love you forever. And as a result of being a part of that kitchen incubator and helping other people with their business plans and their branding and whatever little food business they wanted to have, it gave a lot back to me. And I learned a lot um, about running a business and some of the legal things that you have to go through if you want to open your own catering spot. So from Mama's Tamales, I moved on to my own small commercial kitchen. And I sold chocolate to celebrities. I did a lot of vending at a lot of clubs in the Los Angeles area. I went to a lot of events, did a lot of vending at a lot of events at um, just all kinds of events. I, I did all kinds of stuff. Um, wasn't quite prepared for the things that, uh, the, the downfalls of business, as I'm sure none of us chefs are when we first come into it. We think it's going to be easy. We think it's going to be just, you know, we're going to make great food and connect with people and that'll be it. Well, no, there's a lot more to it in terms of the health department and then not being able to foresee that equipment is going to die on you and maybe you don't have enough money to replace it. So that's what happened to me. But luckily, I closed that business in 2013 with no debt and I was able to walk away from it um, and start over again. So I left the business. I left LA and I moved up to the Bay Area and started in corporate dining. So I was essentially about 28, 29 years old when I started cooking full time. Now, I would like to mention, Sean, that a lot of people don't see the connection between graphic design and culinary arts. But for me, I actually think it empowered me a lot because number one, it gave me a really thick skin, Sean. So I often, like even today, I often laugh at these like line cooks that just get so angry when they have to refire a dish either because it's cold or because they didn't read the ticket and didn't pay attention to the modification. You know how that goes. And um, they get mad when they have to make the plate again. And I'm like, guys, what are you complaining about? I used to work on logos for six hours, eight hours, 12 hours. And if my client didn't like it, I had to start over because I was not going to get paid for the hours that I put in, I was gonna get paid for the logo. Uh, another thing was it helped me learn how to deal with difficult clients. So learning how to read between the lines, learning how to ask probing questions, this is something that became really important um, when it comes to BEOs because a lot of times you're catering a wedding and everybody's got their two cents and you have to be able to ask the right questions to make sure that everyone's allergies are covered no one is going to get sick. Everything is cooked according to what the client wants. And that's a really important skill to have. The third skill that I got from being a graphic designer is obviously loving color, presentation, plating, texture, um, bringing height to a plate so that it looks more expensive and it looks like there's more value to it. Well, man, I, I like don't even know where to start. There's so much in there. <laughs> um, holy smokes. I mean, yeah, I think that, uh, 
you're definitely part of the old school crowd, the crowd that uh, was used to having chefs, you know, berate them and throw things at them. And, you know, we, we essentially literally got our lashes in the kitchen sometimes um, when we were coming up. And, you know, nowadays it is, it is a little bit more, quote unquote, politically correct, uh, you know, and, and probably for good reason. I mean, there's definitely a need for HR and decent HR practices and people being treated fairly with respect, et cetera, et cetera. But there's also a lot less backbone than maybe there has been in the past. And, you know, this is a business that at the end of the day, it's stressful. And regardless of what segment of the industry you're in, Anytime you're serving customers and anytime someone is paying money for a dish or for a service, they're going to be very passionate about it and they're going to be very emotionally attached to it. And to, to you know, get, get hurt or get offended over little things, it just, it, it's a struggle for me too. And it's funny that you, you kind of started with digital digital marketing and uh and graphic design and and some of those things because that was what I wanted to be when I first got in this industry I wanted to I wanted to be somebody who could do something step back and look at it and say man I did that that's that's me that's my that's my work that's my creation and I soon learned that uh you know that culinary arts was still an art form and there was still uh, elements of design that I could bring into this space to, you know, to really kind of help, help set myself apart from, you know, other people out there. It wasn't just about making food that tasted good. It was about making food that was, that was beautiful and could be presented well. And I think that's become increasingly important in our, in our Instagram society that everybody wants to take pictures and everybody wants to show off, which is great. It's just much different than it was, you know, 20, 25 years ago. So I want to dive into something though, that you and I had kind of talked about a little bit prior to the interview. And that is what you passionately referred to as the gig lifestyle. So let's talk about the gig lifestyle. What does that mean? And, uh, and tell us about that. Well, the gig lifestyle is a very glamorous millennial way of just being called a temp. (laughs) So um, when I um, when I first moved up to the Bay Area, I had signed up with a couple of different temp agencies and there's a lot of them out here and a lot of them have some very, very prestigious clients and some very good clients and some very terrible clients. Um, So I actually first got my chops my last my my last job in LA I was actually working through a temp agency and I got a job in the TCW building um at the top floor feeding the executives there and my very first chef that I ever really really worked for um chef Doug shout out if you're out there I hope I can find you and send this interview to you cuz I owe so much to you I chef Doug was also was a very accomplished chef himself and he was actually the former personal chef for Michael Jackson. So when I started my career in my late 20s, I started up here. You know, I didn't start at Chipotle, I didn't start at McDonald's. I don't know how to microwave cook, I don't know how to bag cook. I don't know how to can cook. My first chef set the standard so high for me that it actually ended up being a lot of trouble for me and still is to this day because I thought every chef was going to be just like him and boy was I wrong. But anyway, getting back to the gig lifestyle, 
I was able to work for all kinds of tech companies, really, really cool tech companies, uh, Square, Adobe, Advent, all kinds of cool companies. I've been to Google, everywhere in San Francisco. I've, I've worked in their kitchens. Um, I've got to work in healthcare as a result of the gig lifestyle. So I spent some time at Centennial Hills Hospital in Las Vegas, and I was able to learn about renal diets, diabetic diets, um, liquid diets, clear liquid diets, low calorie, you know, what the type of food that you need to cook for old people, basically everything being pureed. <laughs> and uh, that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot doing that. I've got to work at all kinds of fun events. I've done more weddings than I can count. I got to work at a golf course and ended up getting hired on full time as a result of that gig lifestyle. But essentially what I wanted to say is that I listen to a lot of the culinary podcasts that are out there. And a lot of these people, like these chefs out here, they have extremely impressive resumes. They, they were at this hotel for five years. They were at that restaurant for five years. They were at this Michelin star restaurant for two or three years. But in my real life experience, what I have found, and this is not to pat myself on the back, but I have found that a lot of these chefs that have been in one place long term really don't know how to do a lot of different cooking. They don't know how to do a lot of different cuisines. And more importantly, they're not great problem solvers because when you're used to one kitchen, one menu, one system, you don't know how to cook rice in a steamer if you're used to cooking rice in a, in a um, rice cooker. Or you might not know how to cover, a, cover a, a 400 pan of rice with parchment and foil and cook it in the oven if you've never been in an environment where you've had to do that. So what it's given me is a lot of ability to do things a lot of different ways. And I would say I have learned just in the last 10 years, I've learned a lifetime of technique and a lifetime of problem-solving ability just from working in so many different kitchens under so many different chefs who were both brilliant and effective and efficient, as well as chefs whose messes I've had to fucking clean up, whose messes I've had to put back together, who've dropped the ball on things that I've had to fix. So I think it's actually made me quite a very talented chef by not working at the same place for a long period of time. Well, I think that's a great point because a lot of times it's, there's nothing wrong with working in one place for a long time, but the, the collateral damage that that does is that you learn one way and one way only really, especially when you work for the same chef, you know, I've worked in places for, for an extended period of time, but I was fortunate enough to have chefs kind of come through and, uh, you know, even though it was the same property, when you're working for a different chef, they have different ways they like to do things. They have, you know, different ways they want you to do things. And so you're able to learn and grow from that. And I think the real lesson here is that regardless of whether you're in, in one place or multiple places, it's about learning and growing and stretching yourself and being uncomfortable because that's when the growth really, really happens is that 
you know, when you're uncomfortable and when you're put into positions where you're having to kind of step up your game, when you're, when you're too comfortable, you're too comfortable and you're not going to push yourself. It's human nature to take the path of least resistance. And, you know, that's one thing I think this industry really teaches us and helps us understand is that, you know, we, we have an opportunity to work in a lot of different segments and to work in a lot of different kitchens and under different personalities, under different leadership styles. And at the end of the day, we can kind of take all those attributes, the things that we like, the things that we see that work, and we, we apply them to ourselves. And then the stuff that doesn't work and the things that we don't like, we don't, we don't have to do. That's one of the things I love about this. And you know, I, I want to bring that back to you and your experiences. You've got all this experience. You've seen all these different ways. And now you're able to kind of have, have your own thing. And you're able to really dial in, you know, the ways you want to do things. And, and you know, what your experience has been has showed you what worked. So let's talk about you and your business currently. You know, what is it that you do? What really helps you stand out? What makes you unique? And, uh, and how's your business? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, I have, essentially, I have two businesses. One business, the first business is not really my business, but I've been lucky enough, and this is unheard of in this business. Um, I am in a sous chef position. My boss um, runs a commercial kitchen. So there are other tenants who work in this kitchen. This is a shared commercial kitchen, mostly catering companies. We have a couple of like bagged products here, but it's mostly a uh, daily corporate catering that gets sent out. Um, I do have 5% equity in this company. That was part of my salary. I make probably about $10,000 more than any other sous chef in San Francisco. And I'm extremely happy. So um, I've only been in this position for about six months now, but I'm doing everything I can to support my boss and, and take my marketing background, take my branding background, and try to forward that into his success, which is part of my success because I own 5% of this company now and I think it's great. He's taken care of me in terms of benefits. He gave me an American Express card. Um, he's incredibly generous to me. And so for all the stripes that I've taken in my, in my lifetime, I've finally, <laughs> finally come to a place where I'm being treated fairly and generously. And I love my job. I am, um, we do uh, regional American barbecue here. So we have your basic, you know, pulled pork, your spare ribs, brisket, uh, smoked chicken. We do a couple of vegetarian dishes. One is a smoked jackfruit ragu, and the other one is a smoked mushroom and lentil with tofu. And that tastes just like sloppy joe. It's absolutely delicious. We have um, four regional sauces that we're very proud of. Our North Carolina vinegar sauce, our South Carolina mustard sauce, our sweet Kansas City, and our spicy Texas sauce. So I'm just really proud of what we're doing here. And what's cool about my boss is he also comes from a fine dining background. So his standards are really high. So he and I very much have wonderful professional chemistry. We get each other. We're clean. We keep our workspace tight. We're efficient. He's incredibly organized. I'm so grateful to work for a fucking chef that's organized. Oh my God. It makes my life so much easier. Um, and it sheds light on all the incompetent chefs that I've worked for before. 
but there is so much more to Chef Jenny, and we are going to find out more next week because, man, it was good, and there was a lot going on, so we had to just break it into two. So join us next week for the conclusion of Chef Jenny's story and find out more about her and her podcasts and everything that she's got going on. Special thanks for joining us today uh, with Chef Jenny, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food, Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.